Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we continue our sermon series, Learning Perseverance for Life, as we examine the books of Lamentations and Jeremiah. I'd encourage each one of us, if you haven't done so already, to grab one of those Faith Enough to Finish workbooks, whether you're doing that as a family, on your own, or in a small group, to find time to work through that study. Uh, the seven lessons have been written by different voices in our congregations, and with the aid of Jill Briscoe's book, Faith Enough to Finish, you'll have an awesome opportunity to examine God's presence in your life, even when it feels like He's not there and you can't hear Him speak. Today we're continuing to work through chapter 3 of Lamentations, and this week is as I was preparing, I came across a poem by William Butler Yeats where he talks about things falling apart, how the center cannot hold. Anarchy has been loosed upon the world, the best lack conviction, the worst are reigning, the innocent are drowned, war and slaughter is everywhere, everything is falling apart, and the question is asked, can the center hold? He wrote this poem right after World War I, capturing that time. And as I read it, I think the poem relates really well to the Babylonian conquest of Jerusalem. Our text describes how everything there was falling apart and the Jewish people were wondering, can God really still be holding on? And who knows? Maybe you could read that poem and could even apply it to our days today. Poetry can be like that. And the book of Lamentations is, after all, a poem. It's two chapters of lamenting and despair. There's one chapter of hope right there in the middle, in the center, followed then by two more chapters of desolation and lamenting. And the text that we are looking at today is right in the center of the book, right there in the middle, where there is this kind of steady hope surrounded by unspeakable desolation, suffering, loss, total depravity. And the question is, can the center hold? Can it hold on a memory, on a looking back at a promise and faithfulness of God? Last week, Pastor Tim took us through where Jeremiah cries out, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the, great Lord, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah remembers. Even in devastation, God is faithful. He also recalls that it was God who faithfully announced his judgments. And here, in that time, was now performing them. And Jeremiah says that, we must also trust that God will continue to be faithful in what he has says, bringing Destruction now and restoration later. For the Lord's mercy and love never fail. He remains faithful despite what is happening in the moment. For at the center of our lives, the center of our being, deep there in the soul, hope. But if you keep reading, suddenly this confidence gives way to this resignation that we read this morning. He moves from this beautiful cry of faith that we looked at last week and even sang to this resigned looking around with his eyes on the outside surroundings and saying, I guess this is how it is now. It's good to bear the yoke while young. Sit alone in silence. The Lord has laid it on us. Bury your face in the dust. There may be hope. Maybe. 
Offer your cheek to the one who strikes and be filled with disgrace. It's good to be young and bear a yoke. It's good to deal with adversity, I guess, when you're young because you can, what, make corrections? Can still move forward, maybe? That's not always the case. We're not all young, and sometimes even youths stumble and fall, but that, of course, was a different prophet who said that. Jeremiah says, sit in silence and don't try to figure everything out. Bury your face in the dust. Remember that from which you came. You are dust. Don't try to pretend that you are not. Because what is one person in the grand scheme of things? Jeremiah is probably quoting Humphrey Bogart here in Casablanca, where at the very end of the film he says and looks right at Ilsen and says, it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. We might look at it and say, what is really one person's suffering out of seven billion? What is your personal suffering out of seven billion? So offer your cheek, suck it up, embrace it. But then quietly confidence creeps back up. No one is cast off forever. Though he brings grief, he'll show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. He doesn't willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. Up and down, up and down, Jeremiah states that God does not enjoy seeing us in grief, but longs to show us compassion, longs to show us love. Tells us that God does not judge and discipline out of enjoyment, but so that we may see the truth. He says this, and then there are two more chapters of lamenting and weeping and sorrow. And the book ends with the last verse, as all books do, one that calls this hope that we found right in the center of the book into question, into doubt. Lamentations ends with this, restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old. Unless, unless you've utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. Now the Hebrew word for reject is not the same as we saw in 331, cast off. But the notion is the same. The Lord will not reject forever. He will not cast off unless, unless he does reject us. Unless what we have done has angered him so much that he will no longer give mercy. And to hear this line, unless, that is to ask and to know the true terror that haunts lamentations, the doubt that lingers, the fear that we too have known. What if the center doesn't hold? What if God has rejected us? Look at what surrounds you. Homelessness on the rise, cancer, heart disease still killing, millions of babies killed every year, violence and war still happening. At least 50 million people are still in slavery at last count. 50% of marriages end in divorce. Every 20 minutes, someone in America is physically abused, 68 seconds for sexual abuse. And those are just the statistics that are being reported. I do not blame you if you find yourself at times staring at this world and asking the question, what if the sinner can't hold? What if God can't hold? What if he has rejected us, has abandoned us, our world, our community, to our own fate? And that question leads to quite a few more. What good is prayer in the face of cancer? What good is God's love in the face of a loved one's unexpected death? 
What good are words and promises against what you have actually experienced? What good are songs and Bible verses and all that you believe in the face of pain and suffering? What good is anything if God has rejected me? What if God won't show me mercy? What if I have done something? The thoughts that I had are too much. I didn't do something I was supposed to do and somehow I missed out. I'm outside of God's grace and love. What if what is happening to me is because God has rejected me? And I'm supposed to wait and hope. Which is hard. Ends long. And sometimes God doesn't do what I want him to do. And it really does feel like he's rejected me. Why? Why is this happening? Why me? Why does life produce so much doubt? Why do I have to bear any yoke? Why should I be silent? Why wait? Why experience pain, worry, sorrow? I'm not going to pretend to be able to answer the why. I'm sure there's scholars, philosophers, they've tried. And maybe it does really come down to sin, but I'm not so sure that answer to the why gives us anything but someone to blame. And well, what good is it to blame someone? Has that ever brought wholeness and healing? Perhaps don't ask why, but what? What am I going to do when everything seems to be falling apart? What am I supposed to do now? Lamentations doesn't take time to explain the why of suffering, nor offer a program to get rid of suffering in the world or in your life. Instead, it insists that God will enter into your suffering. It insists that God will be your companion in suffering, even when it doesn't feel like it. So look at the text again. Seek Him. Hold on to Him. What are we supposed to do when it feels like God has rejected us, when we're overwhelmed with suffering, bombarded by a world that is completely lost? To hold on to the gift that you were given, despite whatever present realities call that gift into question. Hold on. Hold on and remember faith in the midst of hardship. And that requires personal and communal memory of what God has done. To look at your own life and see that God is greater than what you are going through. That God has been with you. To look back in faith and to what you have been told about Jesus. That what we read in Romans 5 that while we were still sinners, God died for us, is coming to completion here. That if God didn't spare his own son, but gave him, else, gave him up for one, 
you. How will he not also graciously give you what you need? I pray that God will give you the strength to remember, to personally remember and hold on to this promise when suffering is at door. May he give each one of us the grace and strength that when suffering comes to recall that we are loved, that he has promised to do good to us, that his plans for us are not to bend the world to our own will, but he has promised to bring us into his plan. His plan, not ours. Has promised to be with us no matter what. That he will give you the grace to like the psalmist cry out, nevertheless, Whatever happens, whatever is going on, I am continually with you. I stand in you. You, you hold my hand. And because of what is holding on to you, that's why we gather together as a community. It's personal and you're part of a community. Because we need to see each other. And together confess and proclaim through the creed, through our prayers, that God is with us in spite of what happens. If it takes a village to raise a child, then it will certainly take a congregation to support and help us in our faith. It will certainly take the support of others to encourage and remind us when suffering comes and perseverance is needed. That we need each other. That is why we do not give up meeting with one another. We gather to recite the creed each week, to proclaim that God loves and forgives and makes all things new each week, to have his word and promises spoken to us each week, to sing songs that are great is his faithfulness each week. And it is why St. John's members and the prayer and care team and pastors go to those who cannot be here and come to them, come to you bringing you the word, bringing you sacrament, bringing the community that has always been yours even when you can't be here because of what you are suffering. You are not forgotten. But the congregation that you belong to stands with you because the truth is we are never left to ourselves. We are not rejected by God because if we were, there would be nothing for us. But for God to reject us is for God to stop being God. God is the one who holds on. God is the one who saw you sinking in the water and reached his hand and pulled you right back up. Who saw you sitting there paralyzed and said, pick up your mat and walk. Who saw your eyes closed and opened them. Who saw you dead in a tomb and yelled, come out. Live. It is God who has lavished so much love on you that he looks at you and says, you are my own child. That is what you are. If your heart condemns you, I am greater than your heart. If the world seems too much than you, (laughs) take heart, I have overcome the world. If your mind would poison your thinking, he says, I will give you a peace that passes all understanding and I will guard your heart and mind. And if you have not the strength to hold, rest assured, no one snatches me out of your hand. For there will always be times when everything seems lost. And it is then that we will speak, even if all we can do is whisper, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. I am his and he loves me. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. 
I am his and he loves me. Go. Go to Jesus. In your suffering, go to the one who gave his cheek to the enemy to be smacked on your behalf, who suffered divine abandonment so that you would never know what it means to be rejected by God, who has promised to never leave you nor forsake you, who has redeemed you, purchased and won you, who is surely with you always to the very end of the age, who in your baptism looked at you and said, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love, who comes to you. No blame. Just peace and wholeness. We go to him knowing that suffering is never simply fixed. Issues will rage. Sin will run rampant. And we have not been promised an escape from that. Just that in your terror, in your fear, in your suffering, you will always have someone to stand on. Will always be a refuge, an ever-present help in trouble. Take heart. Hold on to that in your heart. Because when the dawn won't break, <laughs> and you can't carry any more, the voice of your Lord Jesus always breaks through, calls you by name. It says you are mine. The peace that you need is found only in him, the one who holds you in his hands, pierced hands. And everything, we stand on Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray together. Will you, will you stand and pray? Do you like to stand and pray? I'll pray over us. I'll say these words. Maybe close your eyes. I know that this prayer that we cry out to God, that he hears us, that he sees us. Lord, in our hurting and our sorrow, we speak your name. We speak your name, the name Jesus, over our pain and our hurting and our suffering. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to bring peace to our hearts. I pray that you would bring healing and that the circumstances that are holding us back would change. I pray that the fear in our hearts would reside, would be completely removed, and that all that would be remaining is your name. I pray for breakthroughs and miracles for revivals, for life. For you, Lord Jesus, are greater. You, Lord Jesus, are stronger. We speak your name, and that is enough. You are good to us. You are good to us. And our hope is in you. We are yours forever and ever. Amen.